Now, the Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu, live from the St. Louis Alumni Association Clubhouse at 916 Coolidge Street. Brought to you by Leeward Roofing, the Crusader Lounge, and the St. Louis Alumni Association. Happy Monday, everybody. Live from the St. Louis Alumni Association, this is the Brotherhood here on ESPN Honolulu along with Aaron Mikami, Dave Kawada here with you. Another good show here, great guest, but before we get to that, there are some things to mention. And one of the things we saw, and it doesn't have to be always, you know, Crusader related, but anytime it involves some local athletes that are from here, played their prep ball here, and since we're into the baseball season, there is the NCAA Women's College World Series going on right now. We think about one of the greatest to ever come out and play, one of the greatest in college softball, Jocelyn Alo, who finished her career at Oklahoma. And who knows, Oklahoma could get their third Street. national championship, potentially, yeah. right? But how about Jocelyn Alo? She's making name for herself ongoing now. She has her own bat. Rawlings came out with her... Uh her bat that they're going to sell in stores now. Uh, they're going to market it. Uh, apparently, we heard that the bat is going to be about $450. Uh, $50. It's a purple bat because she said that's her favorite color. And uh, when she when asked about you know, this bat, she says she hopes that when the girls put this bat into their hands, they want to feel the powerful, confident, and on top of the world when they hold that bat in their hands. So, you know, I mean... It's a nice picture of the bat. Of course, if you want to see the bat, uh, go to Instagram. Uh, check out ESPN Honolulu for that. There's a nice picture of her holding that bat. But, you know, if that bat can hit home runs like she did, I want to buy 10 of those easily right now. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned 10 of those. They're only making 2,500 of these bats, so that probably leans into the fact that it's a bit pricey. But, yeah, it looks very good. The Mantra Plus or the Jocelyn Alo Mantra Plus Purple, white, there's even that Hawaiian top-up printing design on one area of it. There's even some slogan, uh, little words of encouragement, encouragement there, outwork the competition, be a hitter. I mean, it's interesting that, A, it's like, it's great that Jocelyn Alo can get this, right? To get this kind of uh, product made in her name. But I think when you think, also when you think about uh, Title IX and the fact that now women, we hear about, NLI and college athletics, uh, NIL, excuse me. And now you're seeing some women kind of reaping some benefit. We see some on the very high levels, you know, Olympics, things of that nature. Some soccer have gotten that. But here's someone who's, you know, college eligible, you know, they finished their college degree, great college softball player, and getting the opportunity to have a product in their name, and it's one of our own. I think when you think about those kind of things, that makes it a little bit more special that you're seeing kind of that breakthrough if you will, of young women now getting into that marketing, getting into the promotional stuff that the men athletes have enjoyed. I'm waiting for that Air Mariotto to come out. You know, I mean, there's been some time that I'm sure Nike, Phil Knight, they're working into this, you know, thinking about the next Nike Air Mariotto shoes. Wait, are you kidding me? Or you oh, I, I, I'm thinking it's going gonna, it's gonna to come soon. You know, I mean, it's time. How many, how many great athletes have their own shoes? And you think about it. He's an Oregon Duck. He's a guy who represents Nike and the brand very well. You know, and I think uh, before we know it, hopefully there'll be a, a, a Mariota shoe. To be quite honest, when he 
right out of college, I'm surprised there wasn't something done right then, right? Because That's true. Heisman Trophy winner, the connection with Nike, of course, right? And Oregon, Uncle Phil, Uncle Phil Knight, the former head of, and who controls so much about mm-hmm. what is Nike. But, I mean, that was the prime when he was at his peak of popularity, Dang. so forth and so on. I was wondering back then if there was something going to be popping out for him. I, I heard some rumblings about it. Uh, didn't come true, but, you know, I know um, – for his draft, um, <clears throat> his draft party, Nike gave him a, a a pair of shoes that was made especially for him. One of a, one of one, uh, I believe. When he got married, he had a pair of those one of one as well. And I believe that shoes was gifted to him in a coal wood box Jeez. that was etched yes. and everything. And I, I have some pictures of it, but it was it was beautiful. And it had the 808 inscription uh, inscription on top of it. Had the St. Louis logo on top. The, oh, I mean, wow. it was it was nice. Wow. Well, speaking of the Oregon connection, because our guest today, uh, St. Louis alum, class of 01, that's your class, right? No, no, no. I'm a, I'm a year younger. Don't let my hair fool you. Don't let the hair fool you. Your class of 02. 02, correct. Okay, so he's the older man. He's the older brother, we call him. Older yes. brother. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Clement will be joining us today. And what an, I was just having a great chat with him before the show came on the connection he has with oregon university of oregon and we'll talk about it when he comes on but how interesting segue now we have someone who's really multi-generational connection with st louis as well mm-hmm. and you know um for me i, I went to st louis uh, since i was seventh grade and I've, I've known brendan for quite some time stellar athlete um excellent basketball player and you know, I think uh, what he's doing now, um, you know, in his own business and uh, his, he has his hands in a lot of different things. But uh, I remember him as a basketball player. And it's so funny that we talk about we have him on the guest today because, you know, um, his former basketball coach, we give him some love as well. Uh, coach Delbert Tangon just won the uh, Browse Award for the best defensive coach in the state of Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah, he just won it recently. So. You know, that was one of Brendan's uh, coaches at St. Louis. But Brendan's a, a, you know, a fine gentleman who represents St. Louis well, who uh, wears uh, the red and blue, you know, on his chest um, proudly. And, you know, um, what he has coming up in, uh, in September, I mean, you know, I remember he, co- he he did a concert back in the day, back when I had hair, put it that way. And he called me, he goes, hey, I want to do this concert, you know, and he's always been ambitious about stuff. He's always been driven to do things. And, you know, he goes, this concert's going to sell out, guarantee. I was like, okay, first off, I didn't know who the artist was because, you know, at that time, I was still kind of young and fresh into the scene. But he knew who the guys was. They, oh, this, this artist will draw. And I'm not sure if you remember Hawaiian Hut at Alamon Hotel, but that's where his concert was. And his opening act at that time was Paula Funga. Mm. Paula is big time now. I mean, mm-hmm, she just mm-hmm. played for Ian Tongi's um, concert out in the North Shore. She's uh, traveling around the road, you know, just perpetuating the the music from Hawaii. But, I mean, he had he had vision back then, and he has bigger vision even now. Yeah, Brendan Clement, our guest today, owner of Concert King Events, doing a lot of stuff coming up in September out in Eugene, Oregon, where Hawaii will be traveling to play the University of Oregon. So that's going to be a big thing. We'll talk to him about that, as well as some of the other great things he's done, especially we love to ask our guests, what were they like back when they were at St. Louis? This great professional that you just described, 
and great. But how was he back there in the hills of Kalaipohaku, you know? Like, were they rascalish? Were they studious? Were they a terror? You know, those kind of things is kind of interesting to find out. We find out more often that many of our guests, as polished and accomplished as they are now as adults, they, they were kind of... Rascal back then. They, oh, they, yeah. They did yeah, some stuff. Yeah. We, we all, we all were, you know, but that's the, uh, the personality of St. Louis gentlemen. You know, we, uh, we definitely know how to turn it on and turn it off, you know, and when we get out of St. Louis, you know, that, 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 that switch is off and, you know, we're class acts whenever we go. So, you know, speaking about class acts, we also got to give, um, a little aloha to the Herbig brothers, Nate and Nick Herbig, uh, Nate class of 2016, Nick, a 2020 grad. In fact, he was just drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, but both brothers threw the opening pitch this past weekend uh, <laughs> for the Pittsburgh uh, Pirates game. And Wait, were they drafted by the Pittsburgh organization? So Nate was just signed. He actually was drafted. Uh, oh, man, now I'm thinking, where did he go to? I know he was at the Eagles for the while. Oh, no, yeah, Eagles, and then he went to the Jets. Mm. And now he, he's Pittsburgh, and just so happened – the year that he gets to Pittsburgh, his brother gets drafted there as well. Um, great, great family. Great, great gentleman as well. But they threw the pitch out uh, for the Pirates. And it was against the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, what's the odds of that? You know? Here's the big question, though. What was their first pitch like? Did they bounce it? Did they hit it right? Oh, the, and right over the plate. Catch? Right over the plate. Right, Both of them? Oh. You know, I mean... When you can bench press like 500 pounds, that little ball, you can fly that thing yards easily. So Yeah, but it's accuracy. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it, it went over the plate. So that was the main thing. You know, nobody got injured. Nobody got injured. Because I've always thought that now, probably because I have an issue, like I don't know if you remember former Los Angeles Dodger Steve Sachs. Mm -hmm. He was an all-star second baseman, and all of a sudden – he developed the yips, and he couldn't throw from his second base defensive position to first base. And they have since then referred to it as a Steve Sachs syndrome, where you just, suddenly you just can't throw. The, the simplest of this, well, I have that. I have that still yet. Had it since I was 14. Drummed me out of Little League Baseball because I couldn't throw. I was a first baseman. I couldn't throw to home plate. So I am scared to death if now. Would I ever get asked to throw a first pitch of a baseball game? You Probably not. You never know. But <laughs> it, that would be one of the more scary things to able throw to have to throw the first pitch. And I've heard from a few folks who have heard from some others who had that opportunity, wherever that may be. But it was nerve-wracking to, like, at UH baseball game. You know, oh, yeah. You have people that come in, you know, business leaders, and they said that they're scared to death of throwing the first pitch because it's in front of everybody. Maybe when was the last time you threw a ball and you don't want to bounce it? You don't nope. want to throw it over their head in front of a couple thousand yeah, people, correct. right? It's, so it's a little, not, not a little, to me it would be greatly nerve-wracking. Well, if you ever need any help in the baseball field, <laughs> we have our wonderful alum uh, coach over there, David Diamond, who was an all-state baseball player. He's a phenomenal coach of the year for baseball as well. He can probably give some tips about throwing that baseball, you know, like a professional because he was a major league draft as well, so he's good. Well, I'll be no kidding. I learn something new every day. Now, great news about the Herbig brothers, but there's also other things you want to bring up because there are some issues with <coughs> banners. Yeah. Graduation season. Man. What happened? You see a lot of banners recognizing people graduating. You know, several crusaders have gotten their banners stolen around the island. 
So, if you guys do see their banners or, you know, you know anything about it, call the Alumni Association in Clubhouse and let us know. If you want to drop it off here, you can. But there's been uh, several banner kidnappings happening around the island. <laughs> you know, and it's such a shame because we just started the graduation season. A lot of these families pay good money for it. They want to use it for their grad parties. But, you know, unfortunate, unfortunately, some people just don't see it that way. They... You know, they uh, take it down, they dismantle it, they hide it, they throw it away, whatever it is. But if you do know the whereabouts of several banners that have been taken down from St. Louis, uh, other St. Louis uh, alumni that just gradu graduated this past year, please call the St. Louis Alumni Association Clubhouse and come here, drop it off. No questions asked. No questions asked. Here, first of all, I don't steal things, right? But usually you steal stuff so you can use it. What the heck, if you steal someone else's banner with their name on it, are you going to use it? How are you going to? I have no are idea. Are you going to put it at the house, your you, own house? Or? Unless you're a big fan of the person, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, you know, if it was somebody you idolized, you know, like, you know, you wanted to get that guy's banner or whatever, or her banner or whatever banner it is. But, you know, several St. Louis boys have mentioned that they had their banners uh, set up in front of their house. Uh, at fences in public uh, on the um, highway, and next thing you know, boom, it's gone. So if you do see any of the uh, St. Louis uh, banners around the island or you, or you say you know any whereabouts about it, please just give us a call at the Alumni Association and just talk to David Diamond. He'll take care of that for you. Well, I know if I saw your banner, I'd probably want to steal it because no, I'd it's, want it's that a, in my garage. It's a dartboard somewhere at a, at a, at a house somewhere. No, I put it right <laughs> on the wall in my garage. Right there, big. Oh, you're too nice. You're too nice. <laughs> you're too nice. As I bow each day, I drive wow, around in my wow, car. Wow. Hey, let's take our first time out. When we come back, our special guest, Brandon Clement, class of 01. The old guy compared to you, Aaron. Yes. Coming up right next. This is The Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. This is The Brotherhood. Pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. In Moilili, right next to the old stadium park. We've got to do a show one day just reminiscing about the old Honolulu Stadium since we're right next door. A lot of history in this area where the clubhouse is, where First Hawaiian Bank is currently right next door. They used to have the Dryer House. No, I might be mispronouncing it. Dryer House? They remember. Dwyer House? I forgot the name. But... That's why we need to talk about it because yeah. I am not saying it correctly. Neither do I. Don't know it. So don't Manor, Dryer Manor, right? There we go, Dryer Manor. Anyway, Babe Ruth or some one legendary someone hit a home run into that porch of the house where First Hawaiian Bank is. Oh, yeah. When they used to have those All Star games at Old Honolulu Stadium, Major League Baseball players would come. They'd have All Star teams and they'd play against some local guys, and then boom, this is where over the fence of left field would be. So they he cranked one, boom, right into the front porch wow. of Dryer Manor. Okay. Okay. Hopefully. Anyway, that is your historical uh, news of the day. Let's get to some better things right here because our special guest, St. Louis alum, class of 01, also the owner of Concert King Events. We'll talk about a lot of events, but also about things back at St. Louis back in those days. Brendan Clement <laughs> joining us. First of all, Brendan, how did you take that comment about you being the older brother to Aaron? I took it very well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I did, uh, you know. I, I, you know, being a, a young guy, though, still yet. I just <laughs> turned forty years old, forty years young. 
That's uh, right. So it was, it was nice to, uh, um, you know, be, uh, um, you know, still looked at as a, as a younger gentleman, you know, <laughs> but a little bit older than Aaron, just one year, you know, so, um, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to talk a lot about some of your events and professions, but give us a little bit of a, a summary of how from the days after you graduated from St. Louis and kind of what led you into the profession you have now. Well, you know, now I'm, I'm uh, in the roofing industry, but I also do events. Um, and there's a lot of people say out there, you know, no one really chooses roofing. Roofing chooses you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I enjoy my profession in, in roofing. Um, I started actually as a laborer um, after, you know, my days at St. Louis, uh, working in the field with the guys and eventually became an estimator and, and general manager for a roofing contractor out here and um, learned a lot. Um, you know, about roofing, about, you know, taking care of, you know, families, taking care of customers. Um, and then, you know, also in my passion in the past was also events. Um, as Aaron mentioned, you know, in the last segment there, um, I did do concerts in the past, uh, brought a lot of artists uh, to Hawaii and, and some artists that, you know, weren't really known at the time. Um, I was telling Aaron the other day when we spoke, I, I had a concert that I did at the Waikiki Shell back in 2007 um, called the Schools Out Reggae Jam. And Wait, 2007? You graduated in 01. This is like just six years after high school. You're yeah. putting on big events at the Shell, no less. It's not just some backyard of a friend. This is a top venue here in yeah. Honolulu. Yeah, we had a couple of smaller events to kind of, you know, get our feet wet, so to speak. And we had, you know, large aspirations as a company and, and uh, you know, ran with it, you know, as best as we could at, as youngsters at that age. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really neat, you know, I mean, even one of the bands we had that, that opened was a band called Iration. Um, now they're probably one of the top performing and selling reggae artists, uh, in the country, if not, you know, the world. So, um, they were a little band out of Santa Barbara. Three of them were local boys from Hawaii mm -hmm. and they reached out to me probably five days before the show and they said, Hey, do you have any time for us? Can we get on your <laughs> concert? So I gave them a 30, 30 minute spot and, uh. And yeah, they, they performed great. My my mom even was at the show. I remember to this day, she uh, told me, she's like, that's the best band on the ticket. And I said, well, mom, you haven't even heard the other bands yet. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's been great. You know, I mean, um, getting into the concert business again, um, you know, it's always been a passion of mine. And, you know, as I mentioned, I'm turning, you know, I turned 40 years old and was like, you know, if I don't get back into it now, I might not get the opportunity. So um, you know, we have a show coming up here in July uh, with an artist named Claire Wright. Uh, she's a, a up and country, uh, up and coming country uh, singer, and she has a kind of a beachy reggae vibe. So we're doing uh, three islands with her and, and local artist Tavana. Um, he's opening up. He he rocks. He's an awesome artist. Um, and then we have our next show in September. Um, in Eugene called uh, Lehoku Fest. Okay, hold on that one because okay. I'm going to get that. But obviously between you and Aaron, getting the, the local concert and things, you with Totofi as the manager, Aaron, I mean, you guys have obviously that in common. Totally. Uh, you know, actually, well, when Brendan was at St. Louis, I was uh, the manager for the basketball team. So I got to know him pretty well. And, you know, his uh, <clears throat> for him, you know, I, I want to say I was, I was seventh grade. He was eighth grade at St. Louis at the time. And there was a thing that if you, during lunchtime, there's either two things you can do, or three. You can go to the snack shop 
and devour um, Subway sandwiches, pizzas, or whatever they have there. Or you can play football on one side. Actually, it was right next to Mia Theater, but now it's the new uh, arts building over there. Or you can go play basketball during lunchtime. So there's three options for us as middle schoolers. And I remember Brendan, he was always playing basketball. But all of all the key, all the guys, and he was throwing it down with them, and he's always been one of those basketball kind of guys. But one thing I remember with him was he always had determination. And when I say that, it's because as a um, as a junior, they went to the state uh, finals, and they lost to Roosevelt that year. No, we lost to Hilo, 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 Hilo. So they beat Roosevelt, went to play Hilo, and they lost to Jason Mandaquit. Mm. And his junior year, he came back, and I remember that year, it was special because a lot of guys from that team actually came back that year, and I, I believe we were supposed to be the one, the, the number one team in that in the ILH that year, but then there, there was a, a freshman at Iolani. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That we, we all know about named Derek Lowe. Mm. And, you know, he dictated the game. But the thing about, about Brendan that I want to talk about is that he was always, he had his mindset on something. He would, he would he's a go-getter. He'll do it. He'll get, you know, Coach Tangon, Coach I want to tell him, hey, Brendan, that's your guy. Guard that guy. And if he guards you, he ain't in the ball. I mean, I've seen guys get swatted. <laughs> not even, like, he'll, he'll let him box you up. But one thing I want to ask you, Brendan, was when you first entered St. Louis, what, what grade was that? Uh, seventh grade. Yeah. And when you departed St. Louis, what? What is probably the biggest uh, value that you took out of uh, out of St. Louis that you carry with you daily, or something that you a lesson you, you you were taught? Because I mean, you know, there's so many things that you you do with your job. I mean, you know, within your roofing, within your concert business, you know, um, what what is that one value that you take with you every day that you learn as a St. Louis gentleman? Probably respect. I think if that if I had one word to sum it up, that that would be it. You know. Respect for your family, respect for your elders, respect for for everyone, you know. So, I mean, that's that's probably the one the one thing I, you know, if you had to sum it up in one word, it would be that. Is there is there a certain teacher that you felt that kind of groomed you into how you are today? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was quite a few teachers out there, for sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, Mrs. Horiuchi was, was one. You know, I was always gravitating towards... Uh, history and, and government and, and that was kind of the courses I liked back in those days and she was really really good at explaining you know how about history and, and taught us about our history um, and, and government um, so I think Mrs. Horiuchi for sure jeez um, you're putting me on the spot man it's tough <laughs> there's a lot there's of so many there's yeah. so many great teachers up there oh Mrs. Heaston yeah she was awesome um, she put up with a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, she she taught math and and uh, you know, I think we were in uh, algebra two. I think is the course I took with her, and and it was tough. It was challenging, but she she uh, always was there to help. It was ninth period, as we call that. You know, or after after school, we'd go back and get tutoring. Um, if you needed help studying before your final exam, she was always very helpful and always made herself av- available to help us. Uh, help us, uh, you know, get through that exam. You know, I, I, I failed to ask this of previous guests we've had, but I always wanted to ask, if you think about it looking back now, you've had a, you're, you're a long professional career, 
you go back to those days, there is academic value to be in a school that is all boys or one gender. There is, you know, scientific, you know, academic reasonings. But when you think about back then as a student, what did you find was beneficial about being at St. Louis where it was all boys? Um... You know, I mean, you could obviously concentrate a lot better in class. <laughs> there wasn't the girl distraction. But I just felt the, you know, the camaraderie and, and being around your brothers um, and being able to open up. I think it was very therapeutic in a lot of ways, right? Um, you know, with girls in, in school, it can, you can get, you know, gossip and, and things can get caught up in oh, dra really? and drama and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and granted, there's drama at St. Louis as well, right, when you're in class. But minor kind of stuff, so... Um, it's be, it's good to be able to open up to your brothers and talk. And if you get you know problems or problems at home or whatever it might have been, you could talk to your boys and and they'd always have your back and they would help you through whatever problems you had. So, if there's one thing that you could change from your days at St. Louis, what would it be? Oh, that's another tough one, man. Um, I probably could have been a little bit more studious, <laughs> you know, but what do we all yeah. elaborate on that? Elaborate yeah. for us on that. Uh, what do you talk about BC? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I probably, you know, looking back on it, I could have applied myself more. I mean, I did fine. You know, my grades were fine. I, I, you know, excelled in a lot of areas, but you always look back and it's like, Hey, I wish I was a 4.0 student, you know? Um, I was in the three, three point something when I graduated, but I always look back and say, hey, you know, if I would have got a 4.0, maybe I could have got into a, you know, different college. And, you know, obviously I enjoy my path and my career that I'm in now, but, uh, you know, looking back, it's, it's something that, you know, 4.0 and achieving greatness in that regard, something I would, I would go back and change if I could. I say basketball memory. What comes to mind? Oh, good or bad? Anything. Give us one good, one bad. Okay, um, I'll start with the bad then. Bad was probably that loss to Hilo in the in the state championship game, because they played uh, Brother Is's um, uh, somewhere over the rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow song after, and now every time I hear that song, oh. it brings me back to losing the state championship. So it's like I oh. love the song, I love Brother Is, but I just that memory, you know, doesn't get out of your head. Um, oh, I never thought of it. That yeah, way. yeah, I think I think the best memory would be winning the ILH my junior year, um, we were not expected to be going all the way to the state championship. I think, I don't know if they had preseason rankings back then, but if they did, they would have had us probably near the bottom or in the middle of the pack. Um, we had Junior Wong on our team, and Ooh. he was really good. I mean, I think he played in track shoes. Um, he wore, like, rubber sold track shoes and spat at them. And, and I mean, he, he was like, I like to play barefooted. Uh, so he, he was awesome. I mean, the guy could put up 29 points in track shoes. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and we had a lot of other really good role players on our team, like myself, you know, but uh, Calvin Coverman, he was great. Um, Joey Borgia, you know, he could shoot the ball. Um, and then we had some younger guys too, like Jose V. Dodd. He's was a great point guard for us. Enoch McKeague, he was on our team. Um, Timmy Chang, I think, was supposed to be on our team, but <laughs> but I think they they uh, some coaches stepped in and said, "Hey, you can't play basketball this year." And I'd like to think if he was on our team, we we definitely would have gone and won it all. Uh. But uh, but yeah yeah no definitely that was that was the the positive was winning the ILH. Can I see something real fast? Wait 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 let's hold that thought. Yeah. We're gonna take a timeout when we come. If you can hang on with us, yep. we're gonna talk one more question that Aaron had. That's so hot. Great teaser. After the break, this is ESPN Honolulu.
This is The Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, welcome back. We've got our special guest, class of 01, Brendan Clement here joining us now. I teased before the break. Aaron, you had this hot question. Well, not really a question, but that year, his uh, junior year, their tallest player on the team was 6'2", believe it or not, which was Brendan, uh, J.P. Kanoa, and Kelvin Coverman. I believe they were all about 6'2 at the time. Mm -hmm. And they were going against guys from Kamehameha, which I believe Willie Melamai was it Willie like six six at the time I believe. Yeah, Kolo Kapanui. Kolo Kapanui was there. Yeah. Uh, Punoho had some. Dane Uparesa was at Punoho. Yeah. You know, Iolani had Bobby Nash. <clears throat> you know, mm -hmm. so there was guys they were playing with. But that year, I, I remember watching them uh, at Sanshira for the title game, and you know, it's crazy to see how you know he talked about Junior Wong. If you guys don't know who Junior Wong is, he was a 5'5 five, five garut on the court. Like He was just <laughs> like 5'5, five, five, probably 120 pounds. And he was going up against one on one against guys. Like, he, would, he, was, he, didn't, he was not scared of anybody. He would drive in on guys who were like 6'6, six, six, just for fun. Get the fall, put the ball up, and you'll go in. <laughs> but, you know, one thing that I remember about, about that squad was <clears throat> that was the year that um, we, we lost up one of our, our starters at that time, which was um, Frank Rivers who was Brandon's classmate, who left. But somebody who emerged into a starting role on that, on that squad that year was uh, Frank's little brother, Jason Rivers, mm -hmm. as a true freshman. And mm -hmm. he was starting on that varsity squad with, with all of you guys. And, yep. Yep. you know, he, was, he became an all-state player as well that year, all-conference, con, all all-league, you know. And, you know, another thing you want to talk about, you said was uh, the Elon Classic, you said, you guys have a memory for that. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing on the break we were talking about is, you know, El that Elani Classic was, was one of my strongest memories, too. Uh, we played against them, and, and uh, their entire team was all Division One players. I think the guy that I guarded was number seven draft pick in the NBA draft that year. Dejonga Jop, I think his name was, and he went to the Cavs. But he was 7-1. Um, and I just remember, like, I would, like, pump fake and try and get him to move, and he would just look down at me like, oh, you're crazy, man. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So then I'd go to try and lay the ball up, and he'd block me with his elbow. And, and uh, you know, I remember we were winning at one point and towards the end of the first quarter. I think it was 14-9. to 9, And, uh, you know, we were feeling great, you know, because at the beginning of the game, we all had these huge eyeballs. You know, <laughs> yeah, all these yeah. guys are dunking before we started playing the game. And anyways, um, so, you know, their coach, you know, calls a timeout. And he's super, super uh, pissed off at the team. And he's just <laughs> like, hey, guys, like, come on, get it together, yelling at them. And uh, we ended up losing by 47. God. So, you know, Ooh. they had, must have given him a good pep talk because no. they turned him around in no time. But but uh, you, you had mentioned about, yeah, the score is one thing, but the experience of playing that kind of a caliber with that kind of talent. Kind of give us an insight about that experience. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. You know, I mean, in the beginning it was intimidating, but once you were out there playing and you, you got to see the speed of the game, you could adjust. And I always said that that was probably the, the game that turned around our season. Even though it was early, um, it was in the season, it was the game that kind of showed us, like, what the top level of competition was and what we needed to do to prepare. I mean, obviously, with our talent set, we were never going to be number one in the nation. But it showed us, like, what, what we could do if we played at our best. I mean, we were leading against them in the first quarter. And, and you know, if we played that way if the whole game, who knows what could have happened, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, that was a, a, a great experience for us. And it helped us when we, you know, went on later in that tournament. 
think we played in the in the um, consolation championship against Roosevelt, and they had like Chad Kapanui, Chad Owens, they had um, uh, Keola Stitzel, Van Dorsey, um, they had Malia um, Lavar. They had a really good squad, and they beat us by, I think, a point um, or two points. And then we ended up seeing them again in the state semifinals. Um, it went to triple overtime, <laughs> and we and we won. We pulled it out to get to that game against Hilo. So, um, yeah, that those that experience in the Ilani Classic and playing those tough games early in the season kind of shaped us into become a strong team. And we really, you know, we had scores, but we relied mostly on our defense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we had to play tough defense. We had some, some football coaches that were on the team, so they taught us how to play, like, rough, you know, like how to go <laughs> get the rebounds box out, you know, play fundamentally sound ball. And that really helped us, you know, get over the hump. Speaking of coaches, that year you had uh, Delbert Tangon as the head coach, as his first year as a head coach at St. Louis School. Yep. And his assistant was uh, a guy who we we called in the state of Hawaii, Lieutenant Governor, or LG, Duke Iona. How was it being coached by Duke Iona? If you can sum him up in in a few words, how was he? You know, he, at times he was real intense. Um, other times he was, you know, really good about teaching. I mean, he, he really slowed the game down for us, and we'd break it down for us. Because how it worked is Coach Tangon coached the offense, um, and then uh, Coach Iona coached the defense. So Coach Iona was really good about slowing it down, getting into our sets, and, and this is in practice now. And then he would, you know, if we made a mistake, he wouldn't really get on us too hard and, and break us down like that badly. But he would just make sure that we understood what we needed to do to get better, what we needed to do to make the play the right way the next time around. So he was he was really good at motivating us, really getting us into into the sets that we needed to be successful. So, so let's get into your business as owner of Concert King Events. So we talked about some of the local things that you had done to get, you know, from when you first started. But I want to look at this upcoming September because there's some big stuff happening when Universe Hawaii football will travel and play the Oregon Ducks. Give us a little snapshot. Yeah, yeah. So we have an event that we're doing up there on uh, Friday, September 15th at the Cuthbert <clears throat> Amphitheater in Eugene. Um, it's, it's very similar to the, the Waikiki Shell of Eugene, a little smaller, but but about 5,000 capacity. And we're doing a, a festival called Lehoku Fest. Um, and we have Common Kings performing. Um, they're our headliner. Uh, their direct support, Steel Pulse. And then we have another uh, opener named Jacob's Castle, and that's uh, uh, the lead singer is Jacob Knoll. His dad was Bradley Knoll, the lead singer of Sublime. Mm. So, um, you know, a little bit of, of everything, a little bit of, uh, you know, reggae music um, and a little rock as well. So a little full spectrum event, and we're going to be adding a couple more performing artists as well as we go along. Um, we'll have a hula halal performance, local hula halal up in Eugene. Um, we also will have a, a Hawaiian blessing from Hawaiian Kahu, and we have a authentic shave ice machines that we're shipping up there for wow. shave ice experience and shipping in you know local made syrups from from Hawaii. Um, we're going to do an autograph signing with former Oregon Duck players with Polynesian Roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also we're going to have some uh, former University of Hawaii players up there as well um, signing autographs and, and doing a, a full uh, you know, prep, pep rally party-like experience. And what was the, the date of this again? Uh, September 15th okay. in, in Eugene at Cuthbert Amphitheater. Uh, doors open at 5. Um, show starts at 6.30. Uh, goes till till 10. Now, tell us what's the connection you have with Oregon. 
So I, I was actually born here in Hawaii. Um, when I was three, I moved with my mom to Oregon. So I lived in Eugene for about 10 years and then moved back for middle school and then high school at St. Louis. Um, so I, uh, my Hanai family, um, mm -hmm. they, they were huge duck fans. They took me to duck games since I was probably three years old. Um, so I, I am a, a real big duck fan and supporter. I'm actually a season ticket holder. My wife and I um, fly up to almost every home game to go Jeez. watch the Ducks play. But, you know, I'm a huge UH supporter as well. Um, you know, my grandfather was a UH grad. My mom was, my auntie. Um, so, you know, I, I always support the brotherhood as well. well and and uh, segue a little bit off of the Oregon connection. Is it a correct five generations in your family went to St. Louis? Yes, I was uh, fifth generation St. Louis. Yes. Good grief. Yeah. Is yeah. that a record? Is there any, I know there's a lot of multi-generational St. Louis folks. But there are. Could there be, could that be the record of consecutive generations? Could, could, I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, there's the Pikeyes who come to St. Louis, you know. Um, there's the Dort family. There's a lot of generations, but I mean, you know, BC is a, following the same line of, you know, making his own uh, legacy over there, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, so if people want to get tickets for that uh, concert and event, what's the best way for people to do uh, that? Go to our website, uh, concertkingevents.com. Uh, we have a link on the website that can take them um, to buy tickets. Um, there's a pre-sale right now um, through uh, January 8th. Um, the, the code is KESEY, K-E-S-E-Y. So if you want to get a, a pre-sale ticket, you can do that now. Uh, tickets go on sale to the general public on, on June 9th at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Okay, give me a feel. Now, you're, you're a season ticket holder for University of Oregon, right? Yep. Football, yep. right? And so how long have you been season ticket holder? I've been a season ticket holder since 2016. Um, but we were going to up the games and sitting with family before that, yeah. Okay, see, I went to USC in the late 80s, and this is back when Oregon was terrible. Right. Yep. They were always yep. at the doormat of the Pac, but then the Pac-10. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, since a great investment with Nike and everything, the program has really just just blown up. But can you describe, how would you describe the atmosphere of Oregon Duck football, game day atmosphere? Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it's like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, they've captured it, um, you know, from everything from pre-kickoff, all the way through the game, uh, game ending, the experience is, is second to none. They have a, every quarter they have another, I guess you can call it like a gimmick, but they will, uh, at the end of the first quarter, for example, there's a song by an artist, Matt Kearney, it's called uh, Coming Home, and it's about Oregon. Mm -hmm. So they will play that song at the end of the first quarter, and the whole crowd will sing about coming home to Oregon, right? Um, halftime, they usually have a lot of fun stuff, interacting stuff with the mascot and in games. But third quarter is where it's really at. They um, they have uh, the shout. Mm. So I don't know if you guys seen it on the commercials, um, but they have the shout, and it's um, oh my gosh, I can't even draw a blank on the artist. Um, but it was it's it's themed after um, Animal House. Oh. So Animal House, you know, they, you know, make me want to shout. shout. Yeah, dance up and shout. shout. Yeah. yeah. So that, and that, they themed it off that mo uh, movie. And so what they do is they, they put the song and the clip from the movie on the billboard, the giant screen. Uh -huh. 
and they'll play it, and the whole crowd will get into it. And there's a whole dance, and everyone's a throwing bit their hands up. Now. Yeah, exactly. A little bit lower now. Yeah, a little, a little lower. So lower they start now. crouching down, start crouching down, and then they say, get louder, louder, <laughs> and it louder. just erupts. Yeah. Oh, that is yeah. a cool gig. Yeah, so oh. it's super, super cool. Yeah, Eugene's a great town. I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, up and coming town. I mean, it's grown a lot since I was younger. Um, but you know, everything you know in that town centers around the university, centers around you know football, basketball, and the different sports. So. Um, it's very cool. I know everyone that goes up there um, from Hawaii for the game is going to have a really good time, really good experience, and I think Eugene will do a good job of um, throwing out the red carpet and the hospitality map oh. for, for the people from we Hawaii. We've got to ask you real fast before yep. you leave. Yeah. Who are you cheering for that day? Are you cheering for the Ducks or for the Warriors? Oh, man. You know, that's funny because when I was a kid, like, I always cheered for the Ducks, right? But Hawaii came to town, I think, in ninety. Four, if I'm not mistaken, and Hawaii won, and that's the same year that Oregon turned around their football program. There's a there's a game we played against, or Oregon played against Washington, and they call it the pick, where Kenny Wheaton intercepted the ball, returned it 97 yards. They beat Washington, and they turned around, went to the Rose Bowl in '94, um, and beat uh, lost to Penn State. But that was the impetus that propelled Oregon football back on the map, and and that game uh, basically you know, um, created the whole Nike further for, uh, fever and, and Phil Knight was like, Hey, I'm going to start putting money into the program. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, um, you know, it's, it's huge. It's huge to, to be a part of that and part of Eugene, but, um, yeah, UH, I'm going to root for the ducks. I'm going to root for the ducks. I love, bit, I, a little bit louder now. Yeah. I a love UH. I love now. the brotherhood, but you know, I, I, I even, we ran into, um, Timmy the other day at golf and I was wearing my Oregon Duck shirt and he mentioned to me he's like hey you're gonna be rooting for UH up in Eugene right and I was like oh I can't answer that my man I can't answer that but uh but yeah I, I I'm not gonna lie I'll be rooting for the Ducks for sure for sure hey Brendan so glad you could join us we look forward to seeing you in Oregon. I'll be going up there as well for that game against the uh, University of Hawaii. But thanks so much for coming up and also rehashing the days of when you guys were back on Kalaipohaku. Thanks awesome. for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much. Brendan Clement, owner of ConcertKingEvents.com. Go to that website for the event happening September 15th over in Eugene. We'll take a break and be right back for more. This is The Brotherhood on ESPN Honolulu. This is The Brotherhood, pride, tradition, and excellence on ESPN Honolulu. All right, welcome back. Coming to wrap things up just a bit here on The Brotherhood Live from the St. Louis Alumni Clubhouse right here in Mo'ili'ili on Eisenberg Street. Now, before we get to some alumni association information, we've got to, Aaron, we've got to give a little shout-out. Aaron Mikami, Dave Kawada here with you. You know, Dallas Korea alum on the staff at University of Hawaii Baseball as a director of development there, player development. What a way for them to end their baseball season the other weekend. When was the last? I've been asking this. I don't think there's been an answer, and I don't think there's been another game in which the final game of the season was there a two-run walk-off home run to win the game, you know, on the last <laughs> game crazy, of huh? the season with Stone Meow. And what a way to kind of build some momentum going into next season. So, you know. Happy for Dallas and the future of Hawaii baseball. Also, got to give some props out to uh, Matt Wong, uh, former Matt St. Louis Wong, receiver yeah. as well, uh, making the uh, all-conference team. So, you know, um, I remember watching Matt at St. Louis, in fact, and, you know, he wasn't that thick as he is now. But, oh, <laughs> when you see him on TV now, you're like, 
Oh, bro, it's like looking at the mini rock right there on TV, you know, so. Well, with the way and the success of uh, St. Louis baseball, especially over the past five-plus years, I mean, you're kind of hoping that maybe some of those get recruited and you'll see more Crusaders wearing the green and white over at the University of Hawaii. Hopefully, you know, I remember at one point it was, um, you know, that was mid-pack players going over to, to Manoa mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for, uh, for Coach Les and Coach Trapp. And now I think that the St. Louis baseball program is kind of getting stronger, um, developing more uh, great athletes over there and, yeah, hopefully they're a feeder to the um, University of Hawaii. And speaking of great athletes, former great athletes from the university, not from the university, from St. Louis <laughs> School, mind you, I'm getting all university mixed up, but with the executive director of the St. Louis Alumni Association, David Diamond here joining us. And, David, we have some information and news we want to pass on. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I really appreciate you giving me just a couple of minutes. Um, coming up on Wednesday, June 14th at 6 o'clock, We'll be having our nominations committee for the board. Um, there's three board members who are up for election. And uh, we'll be having dinner provided by Kanak Attack. Um, there might be some other information that will be shared to the membership for whoever chooses to come. It's kind of an important time of year. So if if you are a current member, please make your way to the clubhouse next next Wednesday at six o'clock. Um, you can sign up and renew your membership before the election, so that you can vote in the election also. So I hate to sound political, but you can determine who is going to be managing, overseeing, and running our clubhouse for the next couple of few years. Um, and the, every vote counts. A question, can associate members, do they have voting privileges? Unfortunately, no, but we, we, do, we do appreciate the support. <laughs> <laughs> I ask because I'm an associate member. I know. <laughs> hey, thank you put for in, asking and clarifying. Put in a ballot. Oh, I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> Okay. And most importantly, what I wanted to share was um, a, f- a few months back, one of my classmates, um, Lyman Brune, um, his dad was a teacher at St. Louis for many years, Mr. Jerry Brune, uh, was here celebrating his 60th birthday. Well, with him was a, a good friend of his, uh, Joe Holloway, who had played uh, college soccer at the University of Portland and then went on to play with the Portland Timbers. Uh, the two of them got to talking after the radio show that they attended and watching the interaction with everybody and, and how much support there was on that night. You know, I, apparently we had a pretty good crowd. <clears throat> and he couldn't believe that this was being hosted and put on by a, a high school of all things. And he was so impressed that he has offered to donate a pretty good sum of money to he would prefer that we start a soccer scholarship Oh, um, so that could be the beginning of an endowment mm-hmm. uh, so what I'm going to try and do along with that is to reach out to all the former soccer players mm-hmm. and uh, after we after I have a chance to uh, talk story and hopefully meet again with Joe, uh, determine how he wants to manage it and get the former soccer players, alumni to donate into it 
and we grow the endowment so that maybe more than one student per year can benefit from his generosity. Somebody not connected to the school at all, but was just so impressed with the show that was put on by both you and Aaron, and just the mere fact that he listened to what the brotherhood is all about, and, and he, he really took it to heart and appreciated everything that he heard, and, and he was just very, very impressed. Well, that is outstanding. I mean, you know, and especially the fact that it's, you know, St. Louis, a private school with tuition, those kind of elements of generating funds for financial aid just means more people can be engaged and be able to participate in what becomes a brotherhood. And I think that's the best thing about a show, which was really kind of your idea to have this radio show, is to bring on alums like Brendan Clement, who just express that kind of passion of their time here, the value it has had given them as they've gotten older and they got into their professions. It's just awesome. So thanks to you. Well, not really. Thanks to everybody, actually. It's, it's always a, a total effort, not just one person. We, we talk, we brainstorm. Some, some ideas are a little bit more far-fetched than others. <laughs> and some make more sense that we can move on right away. And I'm glad that this was something that's already in a sense, paid dividends. It has, it has. And, and by the way, we are in uh, the summer months, graduation season, I'm, as far as function-wise here at the clubhouse. Busy. I mean, <laughs> just the, the booking calendar date's all filled up, I'm getting. Pretty much. There, there are a couple of openings that have come up. So if you call and you have some dates in mind, please share that, and we'll, we can let you know just what's available. Perfect. But... People are booking on Thursdays, so Thursday, oh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We just we have one coming up on a Monday of all days. So a grab party? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So we'll be slamming. Gotta hit you up for your for your birthday, your seventy fifth birthday next <laughs> month. So <laughs> gotta lock that in. And thank you to my staff for all their hard work because they're the ones that make that happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you to you and the staff here at the clubhouse, not only hosting this uh, radio show, but also all the events here, and of course, naturally working with the Alumni Association so that future and more programs can continue, scholarships and other connections can be made so that the Brotherhood can continue to grow. We've talked a little bit about other, uh, so many things. Again, the date next week, Wednesday, for voting is 6 p.m.? Nominations. Nominations for yes. the new officers for the Alumni Association, 6 o'clock next week, Wednesday. Correct. Right, right here at the St. Louis Alumni Clubhouse. Aaron, final words before we sign off? Nope. You guys have a great rest of your week. Have Varsity practice starts this week, too. Oh, for football. For football, yes. All right. So next show, Coach Ron Lee will be here. Ron Lee, head yes. coach, next show, which will be in two weeks, two Mondays from now. I want to thank our guest today, Brendan Clement, class of 01. Go to Concert Kings Events. Oh, excuse me, no S there, right? ConcertKingEvents.com for information about the event coming up in Eugene. Until the next time, this is ESPN Honolulu.